0: welcome to the cap city outfitters podcast this is episode 202 you've got chris and brian and today we're going to talk about why double stack handguns are still relevant and still matter Uh, in 2023 uh, a lot of people the last couple years the whole the rage has been to get the single stack ish guns um, called glock 43x glock 48 sig p365 x or xl Mm -hmm. uh, springfield hellcat uh, Smith and Wesson Shield Plus, the new um, Equalizer, yeah,
1: as it's called now. So the the which is the is a EZ Plus basically.
0: Yeah, some other odds and ends like that. Yeah. Um, so guns that are a little bit thinner, um, a little bit easier to conceal, um, for some people maybe more shootable, uh, but for other people, I think you give up um, quite a bit, especially in the home defense duty, maybe even the concealed carry realm. I'm um, going to the single-stack guns overrunning a double-stack gun called Glock 19, Glock 17, um, Smith & Wesson MP 2.0, yeah. uh, SIG P-10, 320. P10C, SIG, yeah. yes, I mean, there's there's a bunch. Um,
1: H&K, VP9, yep. you know, those those kinds of guns um, for sure, yeah. Um, I, I want to start off with the fact that understanding, and this is not to bash those smaller guns at all because they um, definitely have their niche. Yeah, well, and it, and it's and they're a far cry better than what was available five years ago. Um, the you know with without you know without giving <laughs> without giving six hour too much love. Um, this the the P three sixty five. Once they got it sorted out, which took a year or two, um, with all the spring and firing pin issues and whatnot. Once they got that gun sorted out, when you look at that size class, it—I don't want to say revolutionary, but it was—it definitely cracked the market wide open in that in that area of being able to put ten rounds into a gun that was previously a six-seven round gun. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, the P10C or the—I'm sorry, the P365 basically stepped into the niche of like a 938 sized gun. It's a little bit bigger, but not much. Um, If you put it next to a Glock 43, it's the same size gun as a G43. It's about the same width, it's about the same height, it's about the same length, but you go to something now that's pushing 10 rounds in the magazine plus one in the chamber and that whole stack and a half mentality, um, you know, that that I think there was a push there that kind of made the rest of the firearms industry sit back and go, well, crap, now we got to do this too. And uh, you know, for from a concealed carry perspective specifically, if you are of a body type, or you are in an environment where you have to wear clothes, such that it's a more professional environment, or you know, you, you're it's expected in your industry that you're going to look sharp and wear clothes that are fitted and stuff like that. Something like a 19 gets difficult. Something yeah. like a 17 gets difficult. Um, that that the old school 15 round plus one four inch barrel. Not quite duty sized gun, but but not little gun either. Like a G19, um, it's the it can be a tough gun to conceal if you're if you're a slim person who's got to wear fitted or nice clothes for work, that kind of thing. Um, so it's, so it's not to say that like the you know I don't think the P365 is relevant or the XL is relevant. It I, I think what people are finding out now after a few years though is that it is a compromise for most folks. Um, there's most folks out there with adult-sized hands, and and I'm at the I think I'm at the small end of that spectrum, yeah. can still run something like a Glock 19 or a double-stack four-inch barrel gun, um, probably a little more effectively than the thinner gun. I, I so so you know let's kind of break down good and bad of both and kind of the whys because I think there's 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 some there's some reasons to go in either direction yeah. but uh, but like you're saying i still think that most folks out there can carry the larger gun and are probably going to shoot better with it fight better with it etc um and there but there may be some reasons to look at that next step down too for those of you who haven't dug into this real deep some people just jumped into it but it has been interesting to see folk going back the other way because we had guys who dumped all of their what i'd call former compacts not subcompacts yeah. but you know that double that true double stack gun and now they're coming back to him, going well i left this but i just don't shoot the other gun quite as well and maybe that's you know for a number of reasons but let's kind of explore that a little bit so, yeah yeah um one of the positives for the little gun if you have small hands is that if you have small hands it can aid getting your grip where you need to be getting the 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 area under the tang of the gun or the beaver tail of the gun in the web of your hand, the back of that grip yeah. high in the web of your hand if you have small hands. I mean, still getting good trigger finger placement, getting the pad of that, that first pad on the trigger. Um, I do not think that is a critical thing by and large for most handgun use, most firearm use, but it does help with accuracy and things of that nature. Um, it might help with trigger control in a more precision shot necessity kind of environment. Um, And and I do think that having a little bit slimmer grip versus the length of grip versus the rate, so that ratio of width versus length of the grip. People talk about how comfortable and how well 1911's point. I think there's a kinesthetic argument for a longer, narrower grip gives you better kinesthetic awareness of where your hand's pointed versus a kind of fat grip. Like I pick up a Beretta 92. I have a hard time telling where it's pointed until I get the sights lined up visually. There's not a kinesthetic awareness there. I think that is an advantage of like the G43X and the G48 but I don't feel that same awareness with a stock P365, P365X or XL because of the shape of the grip. They went a little bit wider, a little bit shorter front to back um, whereas the Glock is that standard Glock length front to back. But I'll say this with the P365s, if you take a look at the XL with the Wilson Combat if you change out that grip module to the Wilson Combat, and there may be other grip modules out there.
0: It makes a big difference. It makes a
1: big difference in knowing where the gun's pointed in your hand. Having said all that, it just seems like people tend to shoot the little bit bigger gun a little bit better. And so there's a tough argument for if you can get away with carrying the bigger gun, a lot of guys have
0: gone back to the bigger gun. So you have big hands, what do you think? Yeah, I found you know running the 365 XL. I've got basketball palming size hands. Yes. uh, To put it in perspective. Yeah. Uh, The gun would yaw um, under longer strings of fire, so it's starting to rotate inside of my hand um, when I'm we're shooting you know a build drill, um, Mm -hmm. some kind of longer string with the factory grip module. Yeah. Um, With the Wilson Combat module, that starts to go away, but it's still still there a little bit present. Yeah. for me, you know, I run a Gen three Glock seventeen. Yeah. Um so fairly large grip <clears throat> and having the ability to get a good bit of the inside thumb, uh-huh. um, that big meaty part of the thumb on the support side hand up against the grip I find is important for shooting the pistol well. Yep. And on the the smaller guns, there just isn't enough surface area to really be able to do that. I think one of the thing like like should we talk <clears throat> about that Lateral alignment
1: from the draw, from the grip, from the draw. Not if you have big hands, that gun almost gets lost in like yeah. your hands, or like Mac J and some of the dudes with truly big hands. The gun almost gets lost in their hand. Um, and 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 the other thing you give up to some extent when you go to that small of a grip on the gun, and you have as big of hands as you guys do. And I've had a couple customers come in here recently that were some big dudes. I'm talking about some like six four, six five kind of dudes man's men, I mean, and these, and they pick up a little gun like that, and it's like, this feels like a toy in my hand, and I'm like, yeah, and there might be an argument for that guy not carrying that gun either. Um, but you have all this surface area of your hands that you're giving up to a gun that small. Yeah. So if you can hide it, if you can hide a 19 or a 17 or a bigger gun, why not hide a 19 or a 17 or a bigger gun? Um, I, I had a guy a, a while back, this is probably going back over a decade ago, when the shields were kind of a big deal, and and this gentleman's retired law enforcement, um, and and six foot eight, um, and 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 retired from law enforcement twice actually mm-hmm. from two different agencies. So I mean, uh, worked in a leadership role with both agencies. I'm gonna say at the time probably pushing late sixties, and this dude was very fit, very trim. Looked like he could probably still teach manners to a college linebacker, um, a D one linebacker. Uh, and and bought a shield, forty caliber shield, because forty caliber was the way to go. He came out of law enforcement. That's what you know the, the divisions had used, and so bought the forty caliber gun and found out that it, his wife hated it. She's a tiny little thing, ironically, and she hated the gun. And she can shoot. He got a hold of the gun, thinking, "Well, you know, it's forty caliber. It's got a lot of recoil. I'm sure the little lady's just not." Di-. And then he shot it and said, "Nope, don't like this either." Couldn't hold on to it because he couldn't get enough meat on the gun mm-hmm. to hang on to it because it was so small. Um, literally dropping down to a nine millimeter changed the world there, but he still ended up going back to a double stack gun because his hands are so big. And again, he could hide it, he can conceal it because he's tall and trim, a lot narrower waist and shoulders. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, those kind of things I think come into play just because the little gun exists and it's lighter and it's maybe seems like it's nicer to carry, is it still nicer to fight with? Yeah. And I think that goes away. Um, Another place that I'm seeing that within the LE community, we have a lot of guys out there who work maybe detective bureau or or work homicide or work where they're not running class A's, they're not running, and I know like the white shirt thing's gone now, but they were guys that would have been former patrol guys, the white shirt, not the white shirt guys, with the black pants but dudes wearing 511 pants or khakis and then maybe like a polo shirt with a unit insignia on it or whatever um those guys went to smaller guns because they don't have to carry a 17 round four and a quarter inch m p um 2.0 and and they went to smaller guns to the point where some of them ended up carrying some really small guns and then we're in some situations where they're like crap i'd like to have a little bit bigger gun again uh, or found out through running qualifications that while yes i can shoot a qual the guys that were the gun nerds who actually went out and shot and practiced a lot, kind of figured out that, yeah, I can shoot the qual, but a monkey should be able to shoot the qual. So I want to be able to shoot it well and realize the little guns just weren't doing it for them. And then there's still the conversation that I'm on the job, I'm still in uniform, even though it's not a class A or a patrol uniform, I'm still visible. And therefore, to some extent, unfortunately, these days, a target. And I just didn't feel like I could fight as well with that gun as I could with a G19 or a P10C or whatever, yeah. and started chasing. And I'm seeing those guys go back to those bigger guns um, just in the last couple of years, just in the last probably year or so, where they're kind of searching that back out again. You know, yeah. the 365 XL is really nice to carry, it weighs nothing, but um, I'd rather have a little bit bigger gun, you know, to fight with. Yeah. So, Yeah, and so, you know, and, and I think we see that as well, If we go to the civilian side of the house again back to some of those guys buying these little guns because they're so convenient um but then wintertime rolls back around and they're getting the the bigger gun back out because they know that they shoot it a little bit better and i don't want to say it's unfair because the little some of the the p365 xl and the 48 and the 43x punch way above their weight class i think they shoot way better than they should for being as small as they are yeah the other thing that i think too there's a well I don't want to jump onto the next topic just yet but anything else to add to that
0: yeah and we say you know we say fight with the gun Um, we're really looking at you know how rapidly can we put hits on target so things like split times matter yeah Uh, think of this in terms of you know more hit factor scoring than just you know can I hit all of the the preferred zone within the allotted eternity that is given in a qualification yeah Uh, but being able to do do the work accurately very, very quickly becomes important. And I think that's one of the big places where the double stack gun definitely still has an edge. There's just more to hold on
1: to. Um, You know, one of the things we've we've talked about a little bit here and there um, is going back to some of the guys like the Jared Reston kind of guys that are capable of these crazy splits. And we talk about, hey, are you out shooting what you can see? And when you start looking at visually processing what we're learning about visually processing target, visually processing, what's happening with the gun and stuff like that. It's some of the kind of the, I don't want to say newer paradigm, but the newer paradigm of running the gun, um, you know, you, you're, you become, it allows for a little more threat focus and it also running a dot optic on the gun allows for a little more threat focus. Um, I also think that some of these larger guns are better hosts for optics um, the optics you can put on have bigger windows, yeah. allow you to find the find the dot, find the window, find the bad guy a little bit better. And if you're remaining target focused, now we get back into do do 15, 20 splits become a reasonable thing. Um, and I think if you're threat focused, they do become a reasonable thing, especially if you're shooting. Um, you know, from that 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 confirmation one. Um, you know where you're not chasing down as hard of everything as you know, because it's close enough you can be fast enough, and yep. you're close enough that you need to put lots of rounds on meat because it's more of a threat up close. So build real self problems. Amen. And so you know, and, and the whole like two shots assess, two shots assess. I mean, I I hope that's dead. Um, running doubles drills to run doubles drills is one thing. Running two shots assess, two shots assess because that's what you were taught in 1986. Is you know it's time to move on from that you know punch the target if the target's got a gun in its hand um, then it's a threat to you at almost any distance at which you can visually ascertain that it has a gun yeah. in its hand so at that point you need to put lots of rounds as quickly as you can on me the bigger gun lets you do it better period there's just no two ways about it um, so those things all matter yeah um, did I mention that the bigger guns a better host for a bigger optic um, not to throw shade on like a 507k or an RMRCC but it's a little window it's a smaller window um, to the extent that, like, I really, I'm running an SRO on my carry gun, and it's it's a grotesquely large window, but I love it because it's easy to see. It's like watching the big screen TV. Yeah. I can get what I need to get out of it pretty quickly, um, and I, I think some of those things come into play, for sure. Um, something else to throw out there that that was initially an issue with 43 X's and 48s is a 10 round gun when it came out. The aftermarket answered that and said, hey, we can squeeze 15 rounds into a magazine. The initial company that did that had some severe issues with that product and then corrected it very, very well. Customer service was outstanding. Shield said, you know, hey, if you got mags that are you're having problems with, um, then swap out those mags for ones that work. Uh, and they also answered with a mag catch, which they recommended originally, but people tried to work their way around yeah. it, be cheap and not spend 30 bucks on the metal mag catch and the initial mag catches had their issues too. They're, that's way past, that's two years ago. Um, and in this world, I think that's ancient history. Uh, but it does, some of these, you know, going back to the full-size gun allows you to not go outside of OEM parts with your gun, whether that be mags, mag catches, et cetera. And you could have policy and departmental issues there where, you know, your department wants you running an OEM non-modified gun. And so if that's the case, now we got another argument to go back to a little bit bigger gun too. Um, If you live in one of the non-free states, but you can still carry a high cap Glock, I don't know how that works out, you know, but I mean there's certain states where I'm sure you could probably do that, but you're going to get looked at if you ever have to use your gun and not having anything modified. You know, oh well you put, you know, the, the defendant put a 15 round magazine in their 10 round gun because they were just looking to get into a fight kind of mentality. Um, and I would argue that if you're having that conversation, you probably did something wrong or you need a better attorney, one of the two, maybe both. Yeah. But in general, it allows you to stay OEM as well. So in that, there may be an argument or a necessity there depending on your job or your locale, how you react to that, so. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, holsters, holsters, um, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna jump into that too because the holster market for a G19, a G17, a Smith & Wesson M&P, M&P 2.0, um, a, again, back to P10C, VP9, P320, yeah. uh, lots and lots of holsters, lots and lots of options for lights and stuff like that. When you get into the little guns, um, the little guns are popular, but not with the accessories on them necessarily, so you have limited options for lights. There are a couple really good ones out there. Um, the TLR Seven series lights for whatever gun you may have are brilliant. But the holster um,
0: provided may... that the gun is able to accept the light. Exactly, pro- exactly provided Proofs, you can put Proofs it on. It gets there. really complicated really quick with the small guns. Exactly, yeah. Because forty-three X's, no. Forty-three
1: XMOs, yes. Um, you know, forty-three, no, not at all. But we're not going to include that one in this one. Um, and then P365 versus P365X versus XL and some different weirdness there too optimizing the light system on that gun. Um, your options, you know, there's six or seven different TLR seven lights for the little guns. Um, and maybe some other companies making some little lights out there that I would say at this point are probably not relevant yet, because they're not proven. The, the Streamlight stuff seems to be. Yeah. Um, I've had zero <clears throat> problems. I'm running a 7A Flex, and I've had zero problems with it. Um, So, you know, you start looking at stuff like that too. Are the holster makers keeping up with what those things are? Is there enough demand for those things, et cetera? Um, On the P365 side of the house, I'm going to say yes. Um, On the G43X and 48 side, probably. It's probably a little bit behind that. Um, But, you know, you're going to have to find the accessories. And the accessory world is what's going to help you build off the system to carry the gun. The holster still matters uh, a lot. and, And getting around those things too can be very difficult. It's getting better, but it can be very yeah. difficult. And so if you're looking at going out onto a new platform, um, I don't know how hard it is to find a holster for a Smith & Wesson Equalizer with a light on it. Getting the light on the gun is not a problem. It's a pick rail, pretty easy, uh, but finding a holster maker who's making a holster for that gun with the light you want on it, and then it, you know the light's a pick rail so it's adaptable, that's probably not a big deal. The Hellcat, I'm not seeing a lot out there for Hellcats um, outside of again the TLR7, yeah. and TLR7s for Hellcats, it's almost like they're not even bothering to make them because sales are low on that gun. So you get back into are you creating some heartburn for yourself by stepping into a system that's just not quite as common usage. We go back to a double stack, compact, almost full size or full size gun. Now we're back into there's a million holsters, a million options. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Not a not like a scintillating topic, but something that we run into a lot. (laughs) Trying to find accessories, and to see the customer's face and see how frustrated they are that they spent you know four, five, six hundred dollars on a gun, and then another couple hundred dollars or one hundred fifty dollars on a light, and now can't find something to put it in to carry it with, Um, or can't find the accessories to match up with it to make it do what they want it to do. Versus. Did you need that gun? Could you just go with the G19 and put a light on it, or that same size class gun, put a light on it, found a holster in two seconds, flat and been done.
0: Yeah, yeah. To add to that, uh, mag carriers get really complicated yep. for the single stack ish guns. Yep. Um, a lot of them don't. They don't fit in your typical double stack mag carrier. Yep. but Your double stack Glock mags, Sig mags, MP mags, whatever fit in. Uh, yeah, they're just narrow enough. They're typically too wide to fit in single-stack mags, like for the 1911. Yeah. And then with, like, the 43X, 48, um, the factory mags fit different than the Shield mags. Yes. Um, And then on the SIG side, um, we know that where we found out the hard way uh, that the 10-round mags are slightly different dimensionally from the 12 and the 15-round mags. Yeah. So it can get really complicated unless you're doing... Some kind of like an elastic style magazine carrier like one of the like a blue force yeah, gear blue or something force like that gear. yeah yeah yeah. <clears throat> yeah yeah
1: yeah it, it uh that's that's the, that was the point of frustration uh one of our vendors um is is one of those guys who takes perfection to the nth degree um perfection is not quite enough he's got to go beyond it and yeah. and, and probably if, if he had hair would have pulled it out Trying to figure out why he was getting complaints about a hand-fitted mag pouch um, until he started miking out sig p365 versus x versus xl's versus 15s versus whatever and found out that wow that little mag catch is not exactly in the same place or it's not shaped exactly the same it's not pressed exactly the same um and that and basically said screw it it's a 12 round gun the xl's a 12 round gun That's what you should be carrying in the small one too and i'm going to make my pouches for the XL. and you know and you're going to have to work around that and just understand (laughs) it um and one of the crappy parts of that is the sig mags are metal and they're relatively sharp so they'll chew on things to some extent and this shield arms mags are similar in that too that you know they'll chew on things a little bit so you need to be aware of that with your accessories and make sure you're inspecting your stuff on a regular basis and seeing what's happening because of some of those quirks with the system to make sure it's gonna be, make sure it works the way you bought it six months later and doesn't yeah. just need replaced, and understand that some of these things become a little more consumable when you go off the beaten path. So, absolutely. Uh, I don't have a whole lot other to beat up on that. I mean, it sounds like, you know, we, we joke around like kind of like the Weeby Glocks and shit mentality, um, and Weeby Glock 19s and shit mentality, um, so that probably sounds a whole like what we just said, again, for yeah. the 312 millionth time, um, but again, if you find yourself running with the little guns and you're struggling with shooting the little gun the way you want to shoot it, um, and you can get away with carrying the little bit larger gun, you know maybe there's a conversation there for what you know we refer to that size class that 15 round four inch barrel size class as the Goldilocks gun. Um, you know the little gun might be something that you want to use as a compromise, even though the capacity is the same. Um the shootability's is just close but not quite. Yep. And if it's an everyday kind of thing and you can get away with uh, what you want versus close but not quiet, why not do that? So yeah, I don't think I don't think that fifteen round four inch gun's going away anytime soon. No. Nope. So yeah. Um, Glock clock nineteens are great. I feel like we've beaten that horse back to life. Oh no. We have zombie horses carrying clock 19s. Yeah. I just made something up. To there. I don't even know where I went there. I think I've had a lot of coffee. <laughs> um, enough coffee. Yeah, guys, yeah, <laughs> or not enough, one or the other. So, yeah, I mean, that's, but, yeah, just something to kick around. If you're running a little gun, you love carrying it, but you don't like shooting it, um, or, you know, then that might be a you need more reps conversation. There's some hubris involved there, or it might be asking yourself, you know, should I go, is there a reason I'm carrying, you know, can I go to a little bit bigger gun and be a little more yeah. comfortable and run and <clears> in, in, press forward with that. Yep.
0: Yep. Cool. Yep. Uh, on that cool. note, as we come across interesting things, we try to get them posted up to our social media. As long as the combi robots at Meta will let us do that. Uh. Uh, on Instagram, you can search for us at Cap City Outfitters 2. On Facebook, just search for Cap City Outfitters. On our website, capcityoutfitters.com, you can sign up for our weekly email newsletter. <clears throat> you can also find information such as how to do an FFL transfer or how to purchase a suppressor over at our storefront at silencershop.com. Yeah, and then we're here in Hilliard, Ohio. We're at 4465 Cemetery Road. Um, We are in front of the ollies. We're directly next to Louis Fusion Drill. And we're here Tuesday through Friday, 10 to five, and Saturdays, 10 to three. And we look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks for tuning in.